Hello and welcome to another episode of Despite the Challenges, a show where we showcase amazing people who despite their impeding circumstances and challenges they face in their lives, not only they overcome themselves, but they go out in the community and help others. Today, my guest is Tanisha English. Tanisha had suffered uh, with the PC. OS, that's polycystic ovarian syndrome. At age 25, she was diagnosed, and the journey that took her from that point on to now. Let's hear directly from Tanisha herself. Tanisha, welcome to the show. Thank you, you too. Um, so like you said, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome at the age of 25. Um, and actually just by happenstance, I had never heard of it before that. And mm -hmm. I just happened to be at a doctor where a doctor's office where the primary um, physician there mm -hmm. was a PCOS spot specialist. Okay. And so because she was there, many of the physicians on staff um, were more educated about it. They knew to look for it. Okay. And so I stayed with this doctor for um, a couple of years, about two years or so, and she was just watching things and hearing my story. Um, and then one day she said to me, hey, I want to test you for something. And I said, okay. And she did the test and came back and said, you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. For our viewers, what does that mean? Um, well, after researching it, essentially what that meant was that I had an endocrine disorder um, that had some symptoms that were um, hormonally based, but it really is an endocrine disorder. Okay. Um, and so what that meant for me is that I was going to be confronting this diagnosis for the rest of my life. Um, that there were going to be um, some challenges with respect to the life I needed to live, medical conditions that I was at a higher um, risk for, you know, mm -hmm. if I didn't properly manage it. It also meant that, you know, and as a woman, this was most important to me that I may have some struggles with fertility. Okay, so that is the most common uh, side effect? Well, yeah, it is one of the most common symptoms. Um, so some of the common symptoms for, P for women with PCOS, um, which is one of the things that makes it hard to diagnose because the symptoms show up differently in every woman. And a lot oh, of I the see. clusters of symptoms can uh -huh. look like other things. And okay. so um, my symptoms were that I had pretty severe acne. Um, my face mm -hmm. was breaking out a lot. Um, I had gained quite a bit of weight and was having a really difficult time um, getting it off. And so I had developed an insulin resistance, which resembles mm -hmm. what you see um, in diabetics. Yes. And so what they diagnose this as is um, pre-diabetic, which is another term that people aren't very familiar with. Mm -hmm. So when you tell someone you're pre-diabetic, they're like, there's no such thing. You're either diabetic or you're yeah, not. I, I heard that quite right. often. Yes, you, either you are or you are not, mm -hmm. uh, but depending on what your symptoms are, and like you said, the doctor uh, or doctor staff or the network was pretty uh, aware of the syndrome, right. so it may have worked on your advantage. It did. Okay. Um, so I was able to, so I had acne, I was struggling with the weight loss, I had insulin resistance, um, and then um, they never did test to see where there are not. I actually had cysts um, on my ovaries. People think because it's called polycystic ovarian syndrome that um, that's one of the things that you have to have, and it's not actually. Um, and fertility hmm. is a consequence because we have um, higher um, testosterone levels than what okay. is typical in a woman, okay. um, and so that causes some irregularity with risk. Um, regard to menstruals um, and also the release of, a, of an egg during, you know, um, 
the menstrual cycle, period. right? Ovulation is inconsistent as well. And so those were my symptoms. Um, I was having really irregular menstrual, sometimes two to three times a month. It was very challenging. And so not long after my diagnosis, because I'm kind of a type A person, mm -hmm. I wanted to know everything about it. I never heard about it before. I wanted to know what this all meant because even in her telling me what the symptoms were and that there was no cure and all of that, I didn't still have a good sense yet of, well, okay, well, what does that mean mm -hmm. for me and for my life? Um, and so the more I learned about it, um, instead of feeling, you know, encouraged and, oh, great, I'm going to take this thing on, um, I completely rejected it. Um, oh, you know, okay. at that time, mm -hmm. you know, I was 25 and, you know, I wasn't yet married, but I knew I wanted to be married and I knew I wanted to have children. And so for me, even though every woman with PCOS does not experience issues with fertility, um, that was the biggest symptom for me that stood out. The one that challenged me the most because a lot of, you know, who we think we are as women and who we're going to be in our womanhood is wrapped up in our ability to be mothers. Um, There's a little known about PCOS. Yes, it's right? been around so for... Was it a struggle for you to kind of find more information or studies or reach out to the right kind of medical professional was well luckily for me i was already with the right kind of medical professional um it was a little bit challenging not so much to find books i did eventually not right away but eventually mm -hmm. find books because it's been a known diagnosis i think for about 55 years okay. um, so it's not too too new but um one of the biggest challenges was coming to an acceptance in my mind and going out to seek the knowledge. There were, you know, I live in a major city, so there were support groups and things. Mm -hmm. And I was at a doctor's office that was connected to a support group, but I was not ready to accept the challenges that were going to come with this diagnosis and everything that it meant. I wasn't ready. And so, you in know, other words, you were in denial. I was, I was in denial. Um, I was in denial and I just refused to address it. I refused to do the things that my doctor was telling me. I refused to hear what was still possible. You know, I immediately took on the everything that I was going to lose. I immediately took on everything, every struggle that it was going to bring. And so the hope of, you know, well, even with these symptoms and even with this, mm -hmm. you can manage it, you know, you can overcome it. You still, you know, will be able to have children. I just completely shut down to that and immediately, you know, targeted in on, but what about me wanting to be a mom? What about that? I see, I right. see. So that was a turning point? Well, no, the turning point I think for me, cause there was a couple of them. The first turning point was shortly after I got married, okay. um, still in denial, still in resistance. You know, about a month after my husband and I were married, we found out that we were pregnant. Um, and the whole ordeal around that was really traumatic. It was yeah. not a joyous occasion or anything like that. I was at the doctor because I noticed that something was just off and not, you know, what I was typically used to because PCOS had made my body off for a while. So I was used to off, but even more so than that. And so I had said to him, if it doesn't, if things aren't better by Monday, I'll go. And so by Monday they weren't and I went and the doctor, um, cause they seem to almost always give you a pregnancy test every time you go to the doctor, she came in and she didn't look happy. Mm -hmm. And it was almost oh. like, well, you're pregnant. What do you mean? You know? And so, you know, from there she said, you know, you're pregnant, but you have either miscarried already or you're miscarrying. And so she sent me across the street to the hospital um, to essentially have the pregnancy terminated. Um, but when they tested me 
you know, or when we went over there, they said, well, you know, we can't find the baby or whatever. And so you must have passed it, but we'll, you know, draw your blood in a couple of days to see. And so to make a long story short, over the next two weeks, I went to the doctor just about every three days, mm -hmm. um, figuring out, trying to get a definitive answer around whether or not it was going to be a viable pregnancy or not. Because first they told me, you know, I had miscarried and then I went back to the doctor that first time and they said, oh, no, you're still pregnant. And so we went through that for so like two So that was kind weeks. of an agonizing couple of weeks? Oh, it was a very agonizing couple of weeks. And so, you know, eventually, you know, after one appointment when it seemed like things were looking hopeful, um, before I could even get out of the parking lot, all of a sudden I was in an extreme amount of pain and I wound up having to go into the emergency room and then have an emergency surgery to have a ruptured fallopian tube removed. Ooh. Yeah, that was challenging. Um, so, in other words, I, I have heard of that before, mm -hmm. you know, the, the uh, pregnancy in a fallopian tube. Right. So, mm -hmm. that's an extremely dangerous situation. Yes. It's an extremely dangerous. I, I say dangerous. that extremely dangerous situation. If you are trying to conceive and have a baby, that is, well, even medically than, speaking. Yeah, well, even more than that, um, the doctor said, you know, it's a good thing we caught it because that internal bleeding, you could have died they could have died. And the hard part was that I've always been a woman of faith, never um, probably as grounded in my faith as I am now, but I've always known about God. I've always believed in God. Um, and even when I first was diagnosed and throughout my denial period, you know, I misused my faith and I was like, you know, I don't accept this, you know, God is able and all of that. And he is, he is mm -hmm. all those things, but there's still, you know, that was only part of it. You know, there was still something I had to do. You know, there is a verse in the Bible that says faith without works is death, you know, and so I needed to do something and the hiding it and the not sharing it and the not, um, you know, trying to overcome it and adding my faith onto that and then helping others kept me from being able to overcome. So I remember praying you know, during this two week ordeal before the emergency surgery, praying to God and asking him to make this a viable pregnancy because I had already knew I had PCOS. I knew it was already a miracle in and of itself that I was able to get mm -hmm. pregnant. And, you know, we weren't even trying. We weren't even trying. It just was something that kind of happened and I really, really wanted the pregnancy. So I was really angry, you know, when it turned out. And then I left feeling even more discouraged because now I felt now I'm one tube down um, and it's going to be even more challenging. And I was really, really mad at God because I was like, why? You know, I want to be a mother. This is, mm -hmm. you know, a very strong passion. And so PCOS and now one of my tubes. So, so the, the denial turns to anger, yes. to frustration, yes. to, to even more. Uh, now you have physical as well as emotional mm -hmm. challenge to deal with. Yep, and the scars that I had to look at every day. I have two scarves on my abdomen because they weren't sure initially whether they were gonna have to take both tubes. And so okay. probably for almost that first year mm -hmm. after that, mm -hmm. I was just angry. I was just angry and I kept trying to move in my faith, but deep down under, I was still angry. Angry at who? I was angry at God. Um, I was okay. angry at God and I wanted to trust and believe that, you know, mm -hmm. the promise that I felt in my heart that he had made to me, you know, why would you give me such a strong desire to be a mother if you were not going to allow that to happen? Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't, um, I don't think I had enough word in me yet that I was able to resolve that. And so it became very difficult. 
And, you know, I remember, you know, a friend of ours from church had, you know, who was pregnant at the same time as I was. And but, you know, her her baby, you know, came to be and mine did not. And they wanted me to help plan her baby shower. And I thought I was strong enough to do it. And I did do it. But I remember at some point during that night being in the bathroom, crying, wanting to go home because I was so connected to exactly how far along she was that's how far along i would have been and it was mm -hmm. really really you know Tough. a challenge it was really really a challenge mm -hmm. for me so you know that was the one turning point you know but there's a victory in the story and you know in january of this year as i continue to you know develop in my faith and you know continue to um you know trust and believe in God, even around other things, even though I was still not completely certain yet, mm -hmm. you know, how his will, his power would manifest in this situation. I, my faith was developing in other areas. And so in January, I came to the understanding, I came across the scripture again, that faith without works is dead. And I was listening to a show, a program on the radio, and they were talking about the scripture where they say that, you know, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a power and of a sound mind. And they were saying, you know, in one translation, I think it was a Wellness Wednesday, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. They were saying, you know, in some translations, it says self-discipline, which means that anything that you need to do, you can pray and ask God, invite him into that thing, and he will give you the discipline to do what you need to do. So I finally decided, okay, I would finally do what the doctors were asking me to do, or take the medicine they were asking me to take, and I would really work to, you know, try to live a healthy, active lifestyle so that I could get my weight down because what I came to know about my personal experience is that the more I had my weight under control, the less my symptoms were. So oh, the acne okay. would go down, you know, uh -huh. I would have much more regular menstrual cycles um, and I would feel, you know, better because fatigue was also a symptom that I had um, mm -hmm. that when I was really, really busy, I wasn't as present to. But when life slowed down a little bit, I was much more present to how um, frequently I felt fatigued and also how frequently I felt depressed. So how many how how long period between your miscarriage and two, two years, two years, yeah. so two years had been pretty pretty challenging in yes. every aspect, yes. physical, emotional, spiritual. Yes, it was it was very, <laughs> very challenging. Looking back on it now, I am, I don't think I even realized how bad it was, how bad I felt, how, you know, bound, how much in bondage I felt to this thing until I achieved some level of freedom. You sound like, look like you have much more control on your emotions. Yes. And I can't see what goes inside, but I think you are in a much better place right now. Absolutely. I feel freer now than I have ever felt. Mm -hmm. And so in January, I started, you know, my journey to begin living a healthy, active lifestyle, which, and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I came down like almost 25 pounds, two dress wow. size. I was feeling amazing. And yet, um, I think I thought the weight loss would do it, you know, feeling better would do it. Uh, you know, the symptoms came down and that was awesome. But um, at some level I was still present to, I wasn't, I hadn't conquered it yet. Emotionally, I hadn't conquered it. I had started the journey from conquering it in my physical body, but I hadn't conquered it yet emotionally. What was at the top emotionally that you needed to conquer um, first day? Overcoming denial, accepting it? Mm, a oh, little bit, a little bit. That was part of it. I needed uh -huh. to be able to say, okay, I have this. All right. Mm -hmm. And now what? 
You know, yes. it wasn't yeah. like, mm -hmm. you know, I have it and now I'm going to die. It was like, okay, you have it. Now you, you have need to live to with it. Yourself, right, you have to live, live with, with it. it. So equip yourself with the knowledge, make the choice, make the decision to do the things that will allow you to live a joyous life mm -hmm. in spite of. In spite of. And my so. faith was going to be a part of that. I just didn't know how, you know, okay. how that was going to fit in at that point. So let's come back to the faith. Mm -hmm. And you said that, well, throughout your life, it was kind of an uh, anchor for you. Yes. And now you had up and down ride yes. in your faith. Uh, not, not really ready to accept what was happening to you. Mm -hmm. What took place? So after, you know, I started the uh, Healthy Active Lifestyle Journey in January. Mm -hmm. And then in my birthday in June, you know, I had come down. I had lost weight, still no babies. Mm -hmm. um, and pregnant people were popping up all around me. And so being okay. inundated, you know, Dude. with childbirth, with pregnancies, with baby showers and things like that, um, something that wasn't really, really present because I was focused on getting my body ready. And then I felt like, okay, we've made significant progress. You know, this is it, this should happen. And a couple of months went by and nothing happened. And I began to fall back into a depression. I felt better. Mm. I looked better, but I was still depressed. You're there were still some feeling. days, right, where I could feel that emotionally I was still bound, even though from the outside, I definitely had the appearance of freedom, um, but I wasn't free yet. So I want to, I want to just kind of repeat your words that you felt shame. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, there is frustration and other things. The shame of not accepting something was mm -hmm. happening to you or being able to talk about it? Um, um, the shame, I think, was around a lot. One, PCOS, like I said before I was diagnosed, I had never heard of it. And so most people had never heard of it. And so struggling with something that when people ask you about, you try to tell them about, they don't know about, sometimes you feel um, or you get the impression that people are kind of just dismissing it. It was almost sometimes like people didn't believe me. Like or I they had didn't know what to tell you. Right. You know, How there's, to no, support such you? Pre you know, there's yeah. no such thing as pre-diabetic, you know, there's no such thing as pre-diabetic and polycystic ovarian. So what is that? I never heard of that. What does that yeah. mean? You know, and then when you are a young couple and you get married, you know, there is an unspoken expectation that after about yes. a year or so, there should be some babies coming. <laughs> oh, so you start your family. Yeah. Yes. And so when, you know, we've been married two years and we still don't have any biological children and everywhere you go, people are like, can't wait for your babies to come. Oh, when are your babies going to come? Like every time someone sees you, they, they talk you. to you about babies. And, you know, you don't have the kind of relationship with everyone where you get into the whole story of, you know, what the Understood. hindrances are, mm -hmm. but you feel it. And so every time you go places, you're reminded that you don't have any babies and yet. And it becomes very hard to answer yep. to, especially in a casual conversations. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, and it's emotionally extremely difficult it is it, it, right. it really so is. it's reliving the pain each time someone asks you a very curious mm -hmm. and non uh, a, a simple question yes right something that shouldn't produce that much you know you answer it and you move mm -hmm. on and it just became it was a really it was hurtful so your faith mm -hmm. started taking over yes so tell us tell so, us what took place how it changed your life and what you had been up to so in this you know, pursuit, you know, I told you I was, I thought that I was trying to find, 
you know, purpose. I was trying to connect with God another way. I wanted to deepen my faith. I wanted to get present to what was my purpose and start to begin to live that thing. And in devotionals one morning, um, he brought to my remembrance the story of Paul and the thorn. And so I went to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, and I began to read that story. And in those two verses, it says, my grace is sufficient for you. And it talks about the fact that in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. And so then Paul says, you know, so I will gladly boast in my weakness, you know, that your strength might be glorified. And so it just seemed like. It wasn't like it was a story that I'd never heard before. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like it was a passage of scripture that I had never read before. But something about that day in the space that I was in and wanting to get to a new place in God and really chasing after that, there was a revelation that I had about it that I never had before. And I wasn't even really thinking about it in relation to PCOS. But that was the immediate revelation I got about it. This is your thorn. So in that moment, it kind of presented a whole new meaning to you. Absolutely. It presented a whole new meaning for me. And all of a sudden, in a way that I hadn't been able to get it in like eight years, I got it. I got it. You got it. I just, just like, got it. Just, just like, like that. that. And it was weird because mm -hmm. I had said I'd been bound by that. Uh, emotionally and spiritually bound. It was mm -hmm. a hindrance to me. And it was like the moment I got it, I was immediately free. I was immediately wow. free. And all of a sudden I had this new understanding of it. This is my thorn. And if I want to glorify God, if I want to, you know, allow, you know, create a space where he can use me and he can give me a purpose, I have to be willing to um, Deal testify the about the fact that he is good and he does keep his promises and all of these mm -hmm. things. And so it so happened to coincide with September, which is PCOS Awareness Month. And so I made the commitment that I would publicly acknowledge that I was a woman who was living with PCOS mm -hmm. and that I would dedicate the month to speaking out about it, to raising awareness, to educating, to empowering mm -hmm. other women. And at the time, it was just about trying to do what had been revealed to me that I needed to mm -hmm. do it to honor God. That's what it was about. I okay. needed to do it to honor God. All right. So let's talk about what it took for you to, when you have the newfound strength <laughs> now and you acknowledge it and yes. you want to be public and you used your faith to go out, mm -hmm. evidently help others. Yes. Talk about it. And so I think social media is really big right now. Yes. So September 1st, um, I found a PCOS awareness picture and I used my Instagram mm -hmm. and I wrote a really long message just explaining to people um, what my journey had been and the revelation I had had that gave me the strength and the courage to be able to say, yes, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes, this is something that is challenging me. And mm -hmm. yet I still have hope. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point, I don't even think I knew that it would take on the kind of life and the momentum that it really has taken on. I was just so happy to get it out free and in understanding that the more that I boast about it, the more strength that God will give me to manage and confront it and the more that he will be glorified. And so that's really where it started. And then it kind of just took on his life. And the more and more I did it, it was like every day, every post, more powerful, more freedom, more wow. powerful, more freedom. And then I became aware that 
at some point this month, it started being, stopped being so much about me and started being like, this is helping people. This is helping people. This is helping women who had it, didn't know anyone else who had it, didn't knew that they needed to educate themselves. You know, this is helping or people feel encouraged, feel validated. Yeah. And so it was like every day I will yeah. post something. Every day. Wow. And so I did. I post facts. I post um, little um, tests and questions that you can ask to, you know, discover whether or not it's something you need to be specifically talking to your doctor about. I began to re-educate myself um, and learn about, I have to manage this thing in a different way. You know, I want to live. And so, you know, women were contacting me and um, disclosing that they had it. You know, people were contacting me and saying, I answered every question yes to the thing that you posted up. What do I do next? And I was like, you need to go to your doctor and specifically ask them about this, specifically ask them to test you, you know, for this. For this. Mm -hmm. So you formed Conquering PCOS in Christ. Yes. And it started Less. off as just a phrase. You know, it just okay. started off as something that was just a declaration to myself. Mm -hmm. I will conquer this thing and I will conquer it in, in Christ. I'll conquer it through um, my faith. And then... How did faith come back to the same level that you... Because I, you know, like I said, I'm a woman of faith. And... I know, and you can hear it even in the way I speak about it, I can tell you <laughs> lots of different pieces. Oh, the word says this and the word says that, and I know. Mm -hmm. But this one stuck with me in such a way that I can tell you exactly where it is. There are not very many scriptures I can say, oh, you know, it's Psalms 47 too. Like, I, there aren't. I can tell you what it says. The word has been planted in my heart, but I can't. Like, I can go exactly to it. I know what it was. So it had it a profound like kind impact. Of an a, it was a like an anchor. Anchor. It was right an there. anchor for me. Okay. Yeah, well, no, maybe it was more like a life preserve. What else? What What's the, the most important message you would like to share with our viewers? Um, the most important message I want to share is that, you know, there are over 5 million women in the United States who Just, are impacted by polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's mm -hmm. estimated that 1 in 10 women suffers from this, and yet... In the month of September, you've not seen one commercial. You've not in, been in one store and mm -hmm. seen one item that you could purchase to bring awareness. You've not seen anyone raise money. You've not seen a celebrity on TV. You've not seen a sports team, you know, turn their jerseys teal in recognition of the 5 million women just in the United States that have this. And worldwide numbers would be much larger. And as, as you mentioned, it's a little known. Yes. There's a little awareness about it. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you see yourself doing? I think that I'm going to wind up being um, a strong advocate for PCOS, mm -hmm. women who have it, to encourage and empower them that, mm -hmm. you know, there's no cure, but that doesn't mean it can't be conquered and to bring awareness. It is, um, I, I really am struggling with the fact that, you know, there are so many women who are misdiagnosed or who aren't diagnosed at all, don't mm -hmm. know to ask about it. Um, and that's, I feel like that's a problem for 5 million women who are impacted. And I really want to raise, raise awareness. I want to, you know, um, advocate for research, you know, advocate for people to really do some um, studies on the medications that they're giving us to treat this. You know, is this best? Or get, is it producing get a little bit outcomes? better, um, better care, care better treatment, or better awareness, better support, better mm -hmm. recognition. Um, you know, it doesn't have the same impact as like a breast cancer or heart disease or 
something like that. But a woman with PCOS is four to seven times more likely to have heart attacks. She's more oh, likely to have diabetes by the age of 40, more likely to have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, to be, you know, to suffer from obesity, to suffer from depression. So the impact is still large, large. you know, not in the same, you know, it's not the same impact, but it is an impact and, mm -hmm. and women need to be educated. All right, so we're out of time today. Okay. It was very good to uh, share your story and uh, um, a whole lot about PCOS. And uh, thank you for coming to the studio thank and you. sharing your story with our viewers. And a food for thought. I just wanted to share this quote that uh, comes to mind for Johannes Eaton said, doctrine and theories are best for weaker moments. In the moments of strength, problems are solved intuitively as if by themselves. Thank you for joining us. I am host Ritu Chopra. Until next time.